Welcome to Arise Life, a community of believers being equipped, empowered, and released into their destiny. For more information, go to ariselife.org or follow us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. Last week, we were talking about this thing, um, you know, on the Thursday before Jesus was crucified, the very night that he was betrayed, he gathered his boys together and he said, guys, I want to tell you something. This Passover meal that we're taking, this bread and this wine, in First Corinthians he says, on the night that he was betrayed, he took the bread and he broke it and he said, this is my body broken for you. And he, you can imagine what the disciples are like, huh? Huh? Again, when God speaks something that's unintelligible, lean in because that's where the good stuff is. And then he said, and this wine is my blood of the new covenant poured out for the forgiveness of many. And he said this in there, and he said, every time you eat and drink of these, do this in remembrance of me. And we talked about the fact that this was some, literally every single meal they had bread and every single meal they had wine. So how often were they supposed to remember this? Every single time. Every single time was to remember. In fact, that's part of why we say grace. To remember that our life is not this bread. Our life is in him. Our life is in him. And it is his death and resurrection that literally we live from. And so we've been going through Isaiah 53, looking at this, about how he, and we talked about this last week, that it was, it was, Verse 5, he was pierced for our transgressions and crushed for our iniquities. And the punishment that brought us peace was upon him. And by his wounds, we are healed. All those testimonies you heard came through the cross. They didn't come through anybody's sweat. They didn't come through anybody, you know, super spiritual abilities or whatever. They came through the poor, the broken body of Jesus. He took it upon himself. He said, he said, the brokenness of the world, many times, like in the middle of war, you know, we're dealing with people and they're crying out, how can God be good if this is happening? God saw those things and he knew the only solution was to send himself. But stay with me. If you've got a brain, you're like, but why hasn't it fully taken effect? We're getting there, okay? We're getting there. Because you're part of the answer. He was, and said, and then it goes on, verse six, it says, We all like sheep have gone astray. Each of us has turned to our own way, and the Lord has laid uh, on him the iniquity of us all. Okay, so iniquity, that word, it's like interior brokenness. Anybody testify? Do you know what I'm talking about? Like, like, um, it's kind of like uh, anybody had your starter go out in your car. Isn't that fun? Or your battery. That's what, right? Or your alternator, right? There, it's, the car's there. Everything's there. You turn the key, nothing happens. That's, that's iniquity. It's the brokenness in us. The brokenness that literally doesn't, it, you can't get it started. Anybody feel like you're in situations where you know what you're supposed to do and you simply can't do it, right? That's iniquity. I'm fundamentally incapable. Maybe some of you, it's a job promotion. <laughs> you're like, ah, who thought this was a good idea? 
Some of you, it, it can be a marriage. Some of you, it's like God deemed to give you children. You're like, he didn't know what he was doing. <laughs> I don't qualify. Listen, if he gave them to you, you qualify. He deemed you worthy. Not a single person on this earth is here by chance. Every single life has been created by God. You're not an accident, and neither are your children. Oh. <laughs> but we all like sheep have gone astray. Each one has turned to their own way. Have you ever watched um, a, a, a flock of sheep? By the way, sheep are dumb. So being compared to sheep is not a compliment. I know they look fluffy lambkins, but it's not a compliment. If you've gotten close to sheep, one, they stink. Two, they don't clean themselves. And three, all they do is follow the grass right off a cliff. Like literally, if you release a bunch of sheep, you'll watch. They all go their own direction. And, they're, and if anything, the one thing they will follow is the rear end of another sheep. You know, it's like lemmings. One goes off, the other goes off. They just keep going, right? Anybody identifying? We all like sheep. Following our desires, our hungers, we go right off a cliff. Anybody followed your desires into a place you didn't want to be? And, it, and the result is, though, so this is, this is the thing. I, uh, Romans tells us that the penalty for sin is death. And I remember as a kid, well, I was more of a teen, because as a kid, you just accept it. But as a teen, I was like, wait a minute. That's a little harsh. Let me put it in, in this way. When God created you and me, he created us in the, his image, right? In his glory, he created us like him. That means that we must be free. We must be able to make choices. And those choices have to be meaningful. Anybody here, mm, not you, but you knew of somebody that you grew up with where every time they screwed up, their parents covered for them. How did that turn out? The reality is they became extremely disconnected from reality. And usually it resulted in a huge crushing, a revelation of reality later on. See, when you and I screw up, when you and I mess up, let me, okay, if I let go of this, what will happen? It will drop, right? Why? Because my choices are real. My choices have purpose. If this, if, if I drop it and it just hovers in space, then it's like my choice doesn't matter. You and I have been given free will, and if God jumped in and undid what we did every time we screwed up, we, our choices would be meaningless and we would cease to exist. We would cease to be humans if, we didn't, if our choices were not meaningful. So we had to be able to make bad choices, right? In the garden, there, God made a million good choices and only one bad choice. You guys remember? What was the bad choice? The one tree, like literally a whole forest, one tree. But just because there was one bad choice, it meant that all of our other choices were meaningful, that literally we could choose to be in him. But here's the problem. God designed us that we could only live in union with God and union with each other. He desired us. Think of it like, like these lights. If these lights are not plugged into the wall, what happens to them? They go out, right? 
They go out. It, listen, none of you hesitated. You're like, that's the way it works. The crazy thing is, in sin is me saying, I will do it myself. I will live from myself, from my own abilities. I'll live from myself. And what should happen when I unplug myself from God and other people? I should go out. I should cease. I should, I, my power that I was meant to live off should go away. The penalty of sin is death. The penalty of disconnection from God is death. Why aren't we dead? Because the lamb was slain from the foundation of the world. Before all of this began, God knew that if our choices were going to be meaningful, he would have to be willing to pay the penalty for the things we did. And so most of us, this is how we live. Uh, anybody... Um, uh, you guys remember Walkmans, yeah. Walkmans, the tape players, and the worst thing is, what happened when the batteries started to go down? <laughs> right? Like when the battery starts to go down. So here's the deal: when we are disconnected from God, it's like we're living through life and the battery's going down. Anybody testify? Yeah. Right? I'll give you a great example: addiction. All addictions. This is how it works. First experience. Woohoo! Um, let me put it a different way. Uh, let's say, let's do, let's graph it, shall we? This is uh, this is the uh, let's say uh, the happy factor. The happy factor, and this we're going to call this the cost factor. Anybody know where this goes? First time, happy factor, very high, cost factor, very low. Second time, third time, fourth time. Pretty soon, you end up, anybody known someone, they no longer get any joy, but they can't stop paying. That is the nature of that running down. God has been paying a price to preserve us. And what that, per, what that looks like is, if I'd been planning, I would have brought a rubber band. But imagine this. Anybody here make a, uh, a um, uh, what do you call it, a slingshot as a kid? Now, with a slingshot, you pull it back, pull it back. Anybody remember the terror <laughs> You're like, oh man, I hope I don't snap my knuckles, right? But the thing is, is every time you and I attempt to live the life God designed us to live, but live it from ourselves, not from him, this is what happens. It's like pulling the rubber band back just a little bit, just a little bit, just a little bit, just a little bit. I'll put it another way. Anybody here had no money but decided to take a vacation anyway? Right? Go into debt, interest, and then you don't have money to pay that, so you go into more debt, and then you go into more debt, and your knuckles are starting to get scared, right? The thing is, eventually, eventually, if, thing, if, if the world of finance is going to work, if this world is going to work, somebody has got to take the payment. Or it's as if none of our choices mattered at all. It says, and if that's the case, we cease to exist. And what happens is 
Jesus stepped in to the, into the slingshot and allowed all of our actions to fall on him. It said, we and the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. He was oppressed and afflicted, yet he did not open his mouth. He was like a lamb to the slaughter as a sheep before its shears. He was silent, so he did not open his mouth. In other words, he did not, and we actually have that, right? He stood before Pilate, and Pilate's like, are you not going to speak? I've got power over you, right? He literally, he didn't defend himself when he had every right to defend himself. Why? He was perfect. Why was he perfect? Because he was, he, was, he was the son of God, right? He was God who'd come in the flesh, but he laid aside all of his godliness to live just as you and me, but to live in perfect relationship with his father and fully empowered by God. That's how he went about doing good, destroying all the works of the devil. That's how he went around destroying hell. That's how he went around raising the dead and healing the sick and driving out demons. He did it simply because that's the natural effect of allowing the God of the universe to flow through you. Like we saw last week. It's the natural, supernatural, but naturally supernatural result of a God of the universe pouring out through you. That's why the world deserves to see a supernatural God when you and I show up. They should see something that only he can cause, bring. But Jesus does not defend himself even though he has every right. It said, by oppression and judgment, he was taken away. The judgment you and I deserve. In fact, one of the great lines in John, he says, all judge, authority to judge has been given to the son, but I don't judge anybody. Why? Because all that judgment he was going to receive on himself. Yet who of his generation protested? Nobody. For he was cut off from the land of the living for the transgression of the people. That's where we screwed up. We knew what to do and we didn't do it or we, or, or we shouldn't do it and we did it. He was assigned a grave with the wicked and the rich in his death. By the way, the funny thing is, this is the most unintelligible portion of scripture to rabbis, to Hebrew rabbis. They can't make any sense of this because it's so contradictory. It says he was assigned with a grave with the wicked and with the rich in his death. Because in their world, the rich were the blessed ones. Those were the righteous ones. If you were rich, it was because you were doing it right. That's why it's like, how can a rich man enter the kingdom of heaven? They're like, uh. So this doesn't make any sense. But in fact, is that not what happened? This was said 500 years before Jesus. That on, he was, he was crucified with criminals, and yet he was placed in a rich man's tomb of Joseph of Arimathea. He was assigned, and though he had done no violence, nor was any deceit in his mouth, he took upon himself all of the results of what we've done, everything, he took it upon himself. Yet it was the Lord's will to crush him, to allow that rubber band to come smacking back and to allow him, cause him to suffer. Though the Lord may, and though the Lord makes his life an offering for sin, even though he dies, he will see offspring and prolong his days. He will, wait, I thought he just died two verses before. You can see why the rabbis might be confused. Here, listen, <laughs> One of my favorite things is um, I used to, every time Good Friday ran around, came around, I'd spend a great deal of time trying to make myself cry. 
Anybody know what I'm talking about? To be impressed with the magnitude of his suffering. You can't. You can't. You and I can't. But also, you've got to understand, Good Friday is not a tragedy. It's the moment in the movie where the hero says, is that what it's going to take to deliver those people? I'm going in. It's that moment. It's that moment. It's not the moment of, oh, no. Right? It's, it's like, and he sits there in Gethsemane. He goes, show me, show me. Is it worth it? It's going to cost me everything. Show me what it's going to cost. Okay? Now show me, is it worth it? And Hebrews says, for the joy set before him. He looked across eternity. And he saw you and he goes, it's worth it, Papa. Let's get it on. <laughs> in fact, the very last verse in, in, uh, in John, I believe it's 14, he says, come on, let's go to Gethsemane. That word is actually better translated as, let's get it on. Let's get ready to rumble. That's literally what he's saying. He's like, because the prince of this world is coming and I've got his number. This is our God. This is our God. He has never queried. He's not afraid of darkness. And that's why I love this. See, Jesus didn't go, ah, it literally, he's on the cross. He is literally suspended. He is, he cannot move a muscle. He is drowning in his own blood. He is, he is suffocating and he goes, all right, God, let's do this thing. And he said, he offered up his spirit. And you know what I love happened at that point? The way the Orthodox say it, this, he entered hell and filled it with himself. If Peter puts it this way, he went down to those in, in death and he goes, hey guys, ho, 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 I'm the one you waited for. Yay, hey, anybody want out of here? Because I'm blowing this popsicle stand. I'm knocking the doors off this joint. The gates of hell will not prevail. I'm out of here. And Paul tells us he led captivity captive and he led captives in his train. He brought us out of hell, out of the punishment of sin, out of what we had paid for, the very choices you and I paid. In this room, there are many of you, you have made, you have rolled the dice a thousand times. You have made horrific life ending choices and yet you're still here. And the minute you turned to Jesus, he began to take the very things you had intended for evil, and he's turned them to your own good. This is our God. How can he do that? Because he took it all on himself. Listen, there's not a thing you have ever done that Jesus went, oh my gosh, that's not on the cross. That's not under the blood. I forgot that one. Father, one second, right? You, you're not that good. Anybody here felt like you've gone too far? Oh, I did. I did. I took about an eight-year excursion away from the Lord. You know what? God had that on the cross too. Listen, what sin did he die for? Did he die for the sin right up to the point you gave your life to him? Or did he die for every sin you will ever commit? Every sin. I haven't even managed. Don't worry, there's time. God, but listen, he didn't do that to deliver you from sin. That's like Anybody? Okay, I had a huge debt at one point, six thousand uh, dollars. I, uh, I, it's complicated, but let's just say people were coming for me. Anybody been there? And I could not pay it. Someone paid it off, but here's the problem: I was cash flow negative. What does that mean? I don't have enough money to cover my daily costs. So how quickly am I going to be back in the negative? Immediately, right? So here's the deal. When salvation is simply delivering me from sin, I'm going to be in the negative next week. 
It's not what he did. He didn't deliver us from sin. He delivered us unto himself to empower us to live the life we were always meant to live. He didn't just deliver us from sin. He delivered us from sinfulness, the very part where we are disconnected from God. You're not disconnected anymore. What shall separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus? You are plugged in to Holy Spirit, and you now may walk in newness of life. Paul puts it this way, walk according to the Spirit. What does that look like? God, what do you want to do today? And with this expectation that what comes into my life will be something fundamentally different than what I can do on my own. See, that's why the supernatural life of the Spirit starts with the emotions of the Holy Spirit. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, self-control. Listen, anybody come to the end of your love? I'm all out of love, right? Anybody come to the end of your hope? You know, one of the things I've discovered, when I become hopeless, it simply means I was leaning on my own hope. And that's when his hope begins. I was leaning on my own understanding. And then I can get his mind. The minute I come to the end of myself, that's when he begins. And what I want to say is, going back to, so why is there hell and darkness in this world? Because see, God, Jesus paid the price for it all. But imagine you and I are, uh, uh, um, how do I put it? Um, uh, what, you know debt collectors, right? You know, the people who come hunting for you when you, we are debt repayers. We get to go up to people and go, hey, 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 you don't need to keep paying that every month. It's been paid for. We get to, see, listen, if you keep sending the checks, even if it's been paid for, your account still goes negative. But we get to say, hey, 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 not only have you been freed from this debt you, of the things that you have done, you have been delivered to a life that is funded for and empowered by God. And don't you realize suddenly a person's transferred out of darkness into his marvelous light, out of a place of brokenness, fear, and helplessness, and hopelessness, and suddenly, it's like little orphan Annie, you guys remember little orphan Annie, where suddenly she goes from the orphanage and suddenly because she has a papa who has all things, she's suddenly safe, empowered, protected, and she's now ready to do great and mighty things and bring deliverance to all her friends. Welcome little orphan Annie. You ain't no orphan no more. You have been adopted by your heavenly father who has all things. Jesus put it this way. He said, it's, dear children, it is the Father's pleasure to give you the kingdom. And what it's waiting for is, listen, Paul puts it this way in Romans. He said, all of creation groans that the sons and daughters of God would be revealed. He wants the world to see that you're his son and daughter. How will they know you're his son and daughter? Because you look like your papa. Because you shine with the light of God. Plugged into him, you, his glory begins to shine through you to the world. That is what we do. And that's what I'm so honored to partner with Vlad, uh, Vladimir and Lilia. They are literally, man, I wish, listen, if you go on their Facebook page, you'll see it. They have joy. They have hope. They are bombs falling around them. And they're like, Jesus! I love it. He got up one Sunday. They had bombs in the night. And he goes, hey, guys. 
Y'all here? Yay! Y'all whole? Everybody got their arms and legs? Yay! Let's praise God! God is good. And they're bringing that joy and hope directly into hell. They're going straight into the bombs and bringing life to people and bringing them out. How do you do that? Because you have something in the inside that's not out there. The world demands, listen, some of you are eaten up with darkness in a particular area of society. I submit you're probably called to bring light there. Not your own light, but your heavenly father's light into that. Listen, stop whining. Stop wailing about the bad things that are out there and start asking God, here I am, send me what you want to do. Listen, maybe it is just to pray. Oh, you mean partner with the holy God almighty to call in a laser sniper strike on something? You mean like what we've been seeing? Oh, I guess it's come to that. We can just pray. Listen. Listen, he's either God of the universe or he ain't. What I want to say is, though, there's some of y'all sitting and you're going, whoo, I have no clue what the heck he's talking about. <laughs> sounds incredibly good. It sounds like winning the lottery, but, but, but I don't care whether you've prayed a prayer or whether it, listen. If you buy a car and it sits in your driveway, you might as well never have bought it. You might have received the gift of eternal salvation, but if you've never taken it out for a spin to see what this baby can do, then I submit you don't have a clue. If, that, if the life of Christ has not invaded you to the point where it begins to invade the world around you, when it empowers you to live a life free of addiction and sin, free from the torment, free from hopelessness and despair, free to be able to be radically generous to those around you, then guess what? We, to bring healing to those around you, guess what? There's more. There's more. We said this before. Have you ever seen a kid who has 25 presents under the tree and he's just opened one? And you go, you've got 24 presents to, more to open. Oh, man. Oh, dang it. This is going to take all day. Or Easter eggs, right? I've never seen a kid go, no, more candy, right? <laughs> this is what I want to say. If you have not experienced some of the things I just told you, congratulations. You may be a winner. You are a winner. In him, he has purchased absolutely all things. In his divine power has given us everything we need for what? Life and godliness. Looking like God, not falling short of the glory, but glowing in the glory for all the world to see through the knowledge of him, through knowing him. Whew. So what I want to say right now today is if you've never said yes to that or you realize you've got a bunch of presents under the tree, just take a moment with me. Jesus, I thank you that I could not do it but you did it. I couldn't pay the price. I, I, I made the choices. I took out the debts, but I couldn't pay them. But you took them upon yourself that I might be able to respond to you and receive your life in return. Thank you, Jesus, that you have delivered me from the bondage of sin, hell, and death. You've delivered me from addiction and despair, and you've delivered me to yourself, plugged me into you that I might receive your life Receive your holiness, your glory glowing in me and pouring out in me, through me to the dark places of this world. Thank you that you have adopted me as your child and that I have in you, in knowing you, I have all things. 
Lord, I thank you for this gift. And I ask you now to flood my heart with the awareness of whatever this means for me today. Lord, I receive you. Have your way in your name. Amen. If we could have the worship team come up. I'm going to submit to you that this life of the Spirit is a life of unwrapping presence each day. Thank you, Rich. It's a life of unwrapping the gift of God in our life. You know, guys, I had an experience this morning. Well, that's another issue. I'll tell you more. But what I want to say is this. Is consistently, I find myself in places where I don't have what I need to do what I need to do. Anybody know what I'm talking about? I finally come to the place to realize, oh, goody, I've got a present to unwrap. God is about to provide me something I don't have because how else would he expect me to do what I cannot do? Instead of it being shame on me, I get excited now. I get excited. I had that happen this morning. God provides what I lack. If I lack, it's not to shame me, but to reveal where I'm going to receive a present. If we could rise. Father, I thank you for this gift that we're unwrapping. Allow us in worship today to begin to worship you in spirit and truth. Let you flow out of us as we just adore you for what you did on the cross. For more information, go to arisealife.org or follow us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram.